You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Brandon Gill. Brandon is an actor, teacher, and singer who is one of my dear classmates from Juilliard. He is an actor who I find so much joy in watching on stage. He has an earnestness to his work, which is lovely to see. And I could listen to his voice all day long, so editing this conversation was very easy. On that note, I hope you enjoy the 117th episode of The Compass. How do I stay away from the dark side? I think I stay away from the dark side. I always tell people that this is a faith-based industry, that you really have to truly believe from the jump that this is going to work out for you, whatever this workout is for you, whatever the end goal is for you, that you're going to obtain that. Mm. And so I really just have the faith in the unseen that this is going to work out for me. And I know that Sometimes I would go through lows of not working or like not getting the auditions that I want and stuff like that. But it's really having that faith. And then also like friends, like watching my friends achieve their goals and watching my friends stay in it, like in it to win it, like surrounding myself with a good circle of people who I know are going through the same thing, their highs and their lows and their in-betweens. That's, that's really what kind of try to focus on. I enjoy teaching. The kids always inspire me. Kids always inspire just my classroom or like if I'm doing one-on-one coaching. It's just that they almost have so much hope and faith, more hope and faith than you do. But it's just because you've just been in it for so long and like you've seen what the dark sky could feel like and what it could look like. But they always like give you hope. They have so much hope in their eyes and so much like inspiration in their voice. So for my kids. Like, <laughs> so... How does it usually manifest for you if you are in that place of feeling kind of run down or discouraged or uninspired? Usually isolation. Usually isolation. Usually just like sticking to myself, not making a lot of plans to be social with people. Like a lot of, I try to plan. Like when I'm in the dark place, I try to like think about like what can I do in the future maybe not to get here or like did I get to this position and it wasn't my fault or things like that um, but usually it manifests itself by like isolation isolation is the biggest thing yeah well it can be hard with some it, I mean if it's not your close close friends who like really really know you right can be hard to make that conversation where mm-hmm. people are just like, "What are you doing? What are right. you working on?" Exactly, because that's so, like, that's nothing. that's what you're avoiding. <laughs> like that's what you're avoiding nothing. going out, running to people like, "Oh my God, I haven't seen you. So what's up? What's going on? How's it going?" And you're like, "I don't want to talk about that." Yeah, uh, yeah, and they're, they're the people who aren't going to ask like, "How's your family? Right? How's your heart mm-hmm. doing? Right? Like, exactly. What are you doing with your days regularly outside of this crazy thing we do?" Yeah. So how do you keep that faith? Because I know you're religious, but you're talking about a different kind of faith. Or is it all tied up together for you? Um, I think faith is faith. in it's, it's the belief in the unseen. It's the belief in something that is not tangible. You know? Um, 
So how do I keep up the faith? It's also, it's great for me always to go back to the last time I went into like a, a dark spot or a dark spell and like I got out of that. Yeah. There was an end to that. There was yeah. light at the end of that tunnel. So why wouldn't there be this time? And the more and more you go through the dark place, nothing becomes easier, but it becomes easier. Because you kind of understand what's going on. You can understand right. like why you feel this yeah, way. Yeah, you can like, see that it will end eventually. Right. You can see that, yes. You can see that it will end. Yeah. Um, you mentioned teaching. Have you been doing a lot of teaching? I usually get busy with teaching around like August or so. Because that's when kids are either doing auditioning for high schools or auditioning for colleges. Because I also just like coach people like... One on one. Peers like one on one. Like who mm-hmm. are like auditioning for television shows and plays and stuff like me. But also uh, the kids, the kids are auditioning for high schools and colleges. So usually like August to like April is really like a lot of that. You're um, like, oh, I got to remember what all the monologues are. <laughs> that is great. Okay, so this There's year actually. There's two very separate kinds of auditions. Yes, yes. <laughs> and especially for like different age brackets too. Uh-huh. And so this is actually the first year I was like, okay, I need to go ahead and like take note of all the monologues I'm either giving out or what they bring in like, so I can have a little library of like references for them. Um, yeah, because I feel like I've I've forgotten all of that. that I, I, I can't even remember the last time I, know, I had to do a monologue. Anymore. Maybe a Shakespeare monologue here and there. Right. No, maybe one or two. But like the last time I had to do a monologue prepare one was like psh, years <laughs> ago. So, um, but yeah, but that's doing good. Like I just one of my students just got into Juilliard. Yes. Yes, I'm so Aww, nice. I'm so excited for her. She's on PPAS. Like <laughs> do you, you talk know. to the teachers? You're like I did. Hey, what's up? I did. I was like, I was like, hey, I just want to let you know, one of my kids are coming through. I really think they have like great super potential. And like, she did it. She did the final callbacks, and nice. she just, she did it. <sighs> so proud. I'm so proud. So happy for her. How has that much time passed that I you're know. talking about someone getting into Juilliard with that kind of distance? It's it's crazy. It's just so surreal. And she was telling me about her experience auditioning, and she was telling me things. I was like oh my goodness, I forgot that we do that or I forgot that that's how that happens or just, yeah, just really, it actually brought back a lot of memories of like my final callback night, which is just like such a long day because, you know, we didn't go through the callback process. Like, Oh yeah, the callback weekend. Yeah, the callback weekend thing. Like, was just one long day from 7 in the morning to 11 (laughs) at night. Yeah, I had to say thank God because I'm like, that's a whole, that's a whole other beast that they go through. It's a whole other beast. Well, that's so exciting. Do you ever do groups or just you're mostly do the coaching? I do most of the time. Like if I do groups, it's like through a school. But the closer and closer we get to like the auditions for the schools, I will take my students and put them together. Oh, okay. Like, you know, so they can watch one another's monologues, watch the coaching, like understand what it feels like to have people watch, give an opinion, like stuff like that. Yeah. I like doing that. So that like usually is toward the... like February, because auditions start soon. How has your approach to auditioning changed since getting out of school? Like, are there any things that you feel like you've changed your approach to or learned? I think auditioning is almost like a technique all on its own. Yeah. Like, to audition... Because I explained to my kids, you're preparing a mini-performance. 
a mini performance of the material that they've given you. And I guess that's one thing that I've honed on on being more specific and not specific with the work, but specific with what are they looking for right now just in this space and these like 10 minutes that I have like with this side like what is it that you're looking for like as opposed to going in there and like doing a good audition how I explain it but or do you mean like you might do it differently than you would if you were doing the whole piece but you think they only need to see like they chose this these two pages mm-hmm. because they need to see this element of the character. Right, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. sometimes you'll read a play and like, and like, oh, this character goes through so much, but like they'll choose. Sometimes they'll see, choose the most emotional scene, and sometimes they choose the least. Right. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. I don't need to try to fit the entire thing. Right. Exactly. You cannot tell a whole character's arc or story in just auditioning, and I think that sometimes that's the. That's the downfall that people fall into. Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to show you the whole arc of this character when really they just want to see this portion of their life. And you've done a pretty good mix of stage and film stuff now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Has there, um, what's the auditioning on camera been like for you? Auditioning on camera for me is, um, I think it's, it's it's definitely different than auditioning for theater. Uh, I honestly think a lot about like what my face looks like when I audition for film and television in terms of like, you know, a raised eyebrow on a stage is completely different than a raised eyebrow on camera. And so, and trying to be cognizant of I know what sad feels like, but am I'm, I'm, am I portraying it? Uh, can can you see that on my face? Like, or I know what anger feels like, but is it translating to my face the way I think hmm. it should, or 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 the way I feel that looks uh, feel like anger looks like? Huh? Well, that makes sense. Yeah. No, it's it's much more zeroed in. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I think about when auditioning for film television. <laughs> Yeah, I was just curious. I haven't had to do as much yeah, of it, no. so it's, it's interesting. I'm just trying to think about, like, yeah, when I'm in the room, like... And how your eyes can tell a lot of story. Mm-hmm. And your eyes can tell a lot of story, and... Also, with film and television, sometimes I'm not... I'm, I'm less afraid of the silence. Yeah. Than sometimes on stage. It's like filled pauses and things like that. I think I take more leeway with that, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now you grew up in New York, mm-hmm. or were you on Long Island? I don't remember. Well, Long Island and Queens is mostly where I grew okay. up. Like, started out in Uniondale, then we moved to Queens Village, and then Rosedale, Queens. That's where the family house is now. Okay. Yeah. Um, how does it feel to be living so close to where you grew up? It's always interesting, especially because I went to college right across the street from my high school right you went to LaGuardia yeah so it's just <laughs> so funny it's just always so funny like I have so many memories between like 59th street and 72nd <laughs> street of like my whole like childhood uh, through adulthood I mean and I think that I I have nostalgia like walking through Lincoln Center it must be insane for you yeah like even the McDonald's on 72nd street just like I remember sitting in there with groups of friends when I was 14 and then I could fast forward. I remember sitting in there with like 
Mechie and Tiana at 20. Like, you know, it's just so many, it's just so many memories there. Um, like I always say, so Amsterdam, Amsterdam is usually where, that's where my adolescence was. Because yeah. that's where like all the restaurants were. Then when I joined college, everything was more on Broadway because that's where the bars were. <laughs> you know, so, but it's cool though. Like, I do miss the fact that I didn't have to learn a new city. Like a lot of my friends are transplants, like or people I met in college anyways. Uh, they have to come here, learn a new transit system and like, you know, learn new streets and like how to get around and all that stuff. I never really had to do that except for when I go away, like short three month stints to go like work on some regional theater stuff. I learned stuff there, but uh, that's the only thing. But I, I love New York. I love being born and raised in New York. I love working in New York. I love the vibe of New York. Have you ever thought about L.A.? Yes, I've thought about it. <laughs> um, my thought about LA is that I think I just want work to bring me there. Right. I don't think I want to go there and look for work. Yeah. You know, I also feel like, or at least when I first graduated, I was like, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to go to a place that I felt like didn't appreciate the fact that I have a degree from Juilliard. Hmm. I wasn't sure if that was a thing that was going to mean anything to them. Right. You know, and they uh, were focused on other things. Right. And so, so even now I think about it differently. It's just like, I don't know if I'm ready to go to a place where I'm going to have to kind of get people to know me again in Uh terms of casting directors and stuff like that. Like building up those relationships and like, of course they've, I'm sure some of them have seen my tapes, but just that one-on-one experience is completely different. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just curious how geography affects people artistically. And like, how do you feel when you do work out of town, like on those regional gigs and stuff? In terms of what? like? I don't know. Do you feel inspired? Do you feel like bored? <laughs> because it's out of town? I'm just curious, yeah. If anything, I always find it interesting the community that watches the theater mm. or it comes to the shows. That's always the thing that's really different. Yeah. Because, you know, you go to these regional shows and, like, there's actors in the show from everywhere. From, they pull people from L.A. and Chicago and New York and then you come and you're, you're doing the show. But it's always the community. It's like, what is the community that we're doing? What's the art community mm-hmm. that is going to come see this? They, those are the people that are always different give you different responses and if they're used to seeing certain types of work about certain things or even like going to places that like you know I've done some pieces in places that people they're not seeing like they're not used to seeing groups of people of color on stage mm-hmm. and stuff like that you know and so how are you going to respond to this work or that must be bizarre yeah it's just it's interesting it's one of those things it's one of those experiences that feeds you as an artist that you you use is going to come out some way in in something that you do do you have um i know that you're a singer and mm-hmm. you are a dancer i don't know if you still call yourself a dancer i mean you know i always call myself <laughs> i'm an actor who like could do other stuff you know but <laughs> which i actually need to be more i need to be more proactive in that at least in claiming that i i'm a singer anyways like you know i've always been so scared of my voice Really? And like, yeah, oh my goodness, yeah. Or like singing in front of people, like scared of my voice, but... You have a beautiful voice. Thank you. And you did, you did musicals before Juilliard, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but it was just, it was, I don't know why it was always so scary for me. I guess it's because, I mean, like, it's you very, know. it's very, like, intimate. It's very vulnerable. Yeah, for sure. But I guess, like, it's almost a comparison thing. Like, because I felt like I knew people who were singer-singers, right. you know? Right. And, like, you know, and that's not what my training in is at all. It's just, like, a thing that I can do that I've got, like, taking some classes here and there. And, um, but, yeah, that's, that's something I actually learned this year about how fear can distort your reality. Uh-huh. I have been so scared of my voice for so long that I always tell people, oh, they're like, are you a singer? Like, oh, yeah, I could kind of sing. But literally every show I've done since I've graduated has been a musical until last year. Really? Every Yes. And I had to sit down and think about that. And I'm like, how have all of these shows, like Staggerlia Dallas Theater Center and then The Last Goodbye at the Old Globe, um, and then I did Bella here and Bella here. I did a workshop, a couple of musicals. Like everything you touch is usually a. I've been a principal, and it's also been a musical. But right, the fear it's not like West Side Story or something. So you're not like thinking about it. Right, right, right. They're, They're usually new unusual, pieces or yeah. stuff like that. So right, like the musical I did in California was a. It was a musical version of Romeo and Juliet. Right, so with you know, Jack so. Buckley's music, yes. right? So yeah. I was like still speaking Shakespeare and all that, but yes, I did sing too. But yeah, fear completely distorted my reality in terms of that. I huh. couldn't even see that. Even when you were doing it. Yeah, I couldn't even see that like, oh, the show I did this before, this was a musical. Oh yeah, the show before that was a musical too. Oh yeah, that workshop was a musical. <laughs> so, so how are you thinking about it these days? Are you uh, trying to be proactive in claiming that? I'm, or are you I like, am. I need a break from that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying to be proactive in claiming that. Especially with this Looser Lotel nomination now. That, Tell like, me about that. <sighs> I mean, you know, I did a show called Bella, an American Tall Tale know, at Playwrights Horizons. It, it's but... all good. Um, last year, Playwrights Horizons, and I'm now nominated for Outstanding Featured Actor in a Musical. That's amazing. So... It's kind of like God being like, shut up on what you do and like, go ahead and move forward with it, you know? So that's really what I've been trying to do, like really just owning that and owning that talents come in all various degrees of good. Well, and also that good doesn't sound like just one type of voice. Right, 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 you know? right, right. And there's no value in comparison because I think that's also where my fear comes from is just comparing myself to the people where I'm like, oh, you're a singer, singer. right. I saw, um, I saw the lucky ones last night. I saw that last week. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but do you do you know Damon Mm-mm. Dono, who he played the Kai character, the young? Oh no, no. But I met him. I met him. He's a nominee too. I met him at the nominee oh, yeah, breakfast yeah. Yeah. yesterday. I mean, I, I met him years ago through Gabe because he did brief encounter with Gabe on that Broadway, totally and then like makes sense. he's lived with all those guys for a long time yeah um but watching it i just i was thinking how one like how unusual damon's voice is and mm-hmm. whenever i see him in a show i'm like well no one else could do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that show though was filled with people like that yes each with person unique voices all on yeah, yeah. Yep. sorry guys there's so much street traffic today <laughs> uh, garbage trucks is now a siren um this is yeah, the new streetscape I'm getting used to. Yes. Um, but each person in that show, I was like, I've never heard a voice mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And mm-hmm. it's amazing. But it's not 
necessarily the voice you think like of like melting on a Broadway right, right. stage. I thought their voices were so incredible and the way they used them and what I appreciated about their voices that you could like feel the emotion in the notes and the way yeah. they even went to, like, saying certain words or going after certain certain notes. Yeah, you, fe- you felt the emotion in, in the attack of it. Which is interesting to me because then I had a conversation with my agent about it because she was like, so was that a play or a musical? And I said, I thought it was a play with music because I felt like I was watching actors tell a story through song as opposed to watching singers tell a story through song. I mean, I think you could say it was any number of things, but it was also... Like, since they're a band, it was also coming from the perspective of kind of being a concert with a play. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Which yeah, is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like Passing Stranger, like Total Bend or things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, I, yeah, I was so glad I got to sneak in and see it before it closed. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know where I was going with that, but... No, just The like, whole point is embrace everybody. Embrace, everybody should embrace yes. their voice. Yeah. <laughs> embrace your many I talents. love the unique... The uniqueness of everyone's voice. Yeah. Do you have any other? Um, I guess when I originally asked you about that, I was thinking like, have you found a creative outlet in writing, or um, do you have an interest in self-producing, or have you? Uh, oh. Have you been kind of focusing all of your energy? On I acting? always, yeah, I always focus on the performance part of it. My dad always keeps telling me to write, but it's almost like one of those things where. Just like I tell people with acting, I feel like you want to write, like you should have possibly gone to school for that, or you should, like, you know, have some type of background or training or a course or something. Like, it's a thing that takes, it's a craft that they, they take some type of instruction. Um, I have not, but I think about it. I think about it. What else do I really concentrate on besides the performing aspect? If I'm not doing it, then I. Then I probably just like teaching it. Yeah. Yeah. That those are my two things. If I'm not doing it, don't want to watch it or teach it. Do you have any mentors that have been important to you over your course of your career? I think I've met and I've worked with some pretty cool people that I stay in touch with. Like the director Leah Gardner. I really enjoyed working with her. Mm. And I speak to her about things sometimes and she's very honest and open and sharing Kent Gash was another great director I worked with who heads one of the departments over there at NYU in the Tisch School he's really awesome to me Charles Wallace Mm. Charles Wallace is a another actor but he's played my dad like three times in random (laughs) shows random readings I mean that has to mean something yeah right and we just got we've gotten close and like you know he's he's original cast of Miss Saigon and and a whole bunch of actually other shows way in the beginning of his career and it's great he's just actually been an inspiration like watching he owns this beautiful brownstone in Harlem that he's bought through his art you know and just uh so people like that people like that that I can talk to who like and it's less that they've met mentored me through life necessarily but it's more that they've been great examples of the accomplishments that you can do through your art like you yeah. don't have to have a regular nine to five or like you can live a, a very full life being an artist how have you 
how have you found a way to balance the kind of art and commerce part of it? Hmm. Honestly, I know you, said that you do a lot of teaching, but honestly, it's through teaching, unemployment, and working. Yeah, it's a good that's, triad. That's really it. That's my triumvirate. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Like, I gotta work enough that I can pull some unemployment from that, and do a little teaching on the side, and just like kind of like carries me like through. Scotch tape it all together. Yeah, which is legit. Scotch tape it all <laughs> together. <laughs> so because you already you've been acting for a very long time and you had an agent for a very long time didn't, yeah. didn't you already have an agent before you came to Julia? yeah I had um I had my manager since I was 11 Sinclair Management Judith Leslie um and she got me my agent Abrams Artist uh when I was 13 so I was with the youth division well I'm still am funny enough but really yeah because it's just certain things certain things that <laughs> The adult division don't, it doesn't work on. Because huh. now they're transferred to the adult division, but like, uh, yeah, certain commercials or. They still like keep their eye out for you. Yeah, yeah. So it's just so cool. Funny. Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, I guess you've had the same, pretty much the same representation that whole time, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know representation is kind of a fraught thing for mm-hmm. a lot of people, and it's hard to find a balance between, you know, it's a professional relationship, but mm-hmm. it since we use ourselves as our instrument it's very yeah. personal and mm-hmm. it's kind of a weird uh partnership you have what are some of the things that you feel like have made it a positive experience for you the first thing i always want to say is like i try to remind artists and this is taking this is not making it personal this is taking the emotional out of the business is remembering no matter how long you've known them they work for you hmm. your manager works for you your agent, they work for you. You know? Now, granted, now I've known my manager for what, 18, 19 years now. And what's what's made me stay with her is the, the faith that she has in me and that she also is very collaborative, that she will listen to the things that I want to bring to the table and the, she doesn't think my dreams are far-fetched. Um... And so just really finding people who are going to like stand behind you and like or understand the trajectory that you're going for in terms of your career and one that's not just pushing you more towards television. Like I try to stay as versatile as possible. Like I want to continue to do film, television, musical, plays, all of that, like, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and even when I decided to go from the youth division over into the adult division it was like meeting with those guys and trying to figure out like why are you interested in me and what do you think that you can help me do just without you not knowing me you just seeing me as a product what do you where do you think I fit and then let me tell you what I think of myself as a product but now let me tell you who I am as a person and let me tell you the things that I want and uh, the spaces that I think I could squeeze into, even if there are not a lot of people like me there, hmm. and stuff like that. It's interesting with those types of relationships because, um, you know, it's easy to put a lot of pressure on yourself to mm-hmm. be like, well, I haven't been booking the auditions or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. what are they supposed to be doing for me? Yeah. But then there's times when you know the relationship maybe isn't you, you're, you're looking at them and feeling like, Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. 
what are you guys doing? <laughs> and I also said, tell people, I'm working like, my ass off. Yeah, like. <laughs> make sure you're doing your part. Like, you know, yes, I, I totally, part of me waits for the phone to ring, like with an appointment or whatever. But at the same time, I'm like connecting the dots for them. I'm like going on Playboy. be like, hey, I know this is coming out. So look out for these appointments or, oh, I this guy this I know, right. Yeah. This guy I know wrote this thing and he's about to write this other thing and do that. And yeah, that's literally, that's how too heavy for your pocket happened for me. Really? Okay. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's right. Because it was a Yale playwright, mm-hmm. right? That you 2013, were like December, went to go do like a reading of his first play up at Yale <clears throat> that Susan Laurie Parks was like conducting. So cool. Did it. Was fine. He hit me up. Maybe about like five months later. And he was like, hey, it was really nice meeting you that day. Um, I've been writing this play with you in mind. <laughs> Which is like an actor's right. dream. Like, um, yeah, okay, sure. Sure you, sure you have, right. <laughs> He's like, yeah, would you mind coming up like reading like what I've got so far? Yeah, sure. I went up there. It was 2014. Like, I read it with him. And like, I was like, oh, this is great. It was a beautiful play. I loved the character. Like, you know, the character's name was Bozy Brandon. And I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. And then literally three years later, the first production in New York, he made sure that I did it. That's beautiful when someone like keeps their word like that. Keeps their word, but also the humbling thing is that somebody has so much faith in you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and honestly, he'd never seen me do anything besides that one reading. You know, and so it's just having uh, that's the, yeah, that's the most humbling part is of people who have faith in your talent. Like, you know, because we went from to strangers, to collaborators, to friends, or like friends to collaborators. But yeah, like it's just that's the that's the most humbling part that he he trusted me enough. His first world premiere in New York with his first play, and it was beautiful. Yeah, it was a beautiful play. Because that's why I say, like you know, you try to try, try to do those readings or those workshops that do not pay you what you're worth, because you're planting a seed, and eventually trees grow. Yeah, you never know what's going to come back around. Yeah. Um, what does your family make of you choosing to be an artist for your career? Lucky enough that they 150% support it. They're so excited about it. I mean, you've obviously been so serious about it from a young age. I was five years old and I told my mother I wanted to be inside the television. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... Adorable. I'm, I'm like, where did that come from? Like, you know, where did that come from? Oh, uh, and that's... That even makes me laugh sometimes too, just like as an adult, like where did this thing come from in my heart that I want so badly? Like, you know, that I always wanted to do, that I still want to do. And like, I said, it was placed there. It was placed there, you know, just, but they support me. They support me 150%. They come to my things and. Are any of them artistically inclined? My mom can sing. She used to be in a singing group. Uh, So... Maybe before from like five to like, maybe like I was like nine or ten. She's in this singing group called Trisha. Mm. I used to like sit and watch her and her group like rehearse in the studio and stuff like that. That was cool. My grandmother, my grandmother used to be a dancer. So back in the day, she used to do that. Um, But that's really it. As far as my family, like me and my sister, we both grew up like, you know, taking dance classes and singing classes and stuff like that. But I really st- stuck with it. 
<laughs> I bet they love that you're in New York since they can come see everything. Oh, my mother is so relieved that I can go to college somewhere else on the other side of the country <laughs> or the other side of the world. Like, no, she's great that I'm so accessible. And I am too. I'm such a mama's boy. I love my <laughs> I mother through are. and through. Through and through. Are there any lessons that you've learned in the last couple of years that you're really proud of that you want to tell me about? Maybe a small thing, a big thing. Just a way you think you're approaching your life a little differently these days. No. It kind of stems off the whole like singing voice thing. Like, you know, I, I think I really learned or, or my journey for the last year was I want to say God showing me my strengths, the things that I, the things that I need not question. And as long as I continue to do my part and be persistent and like specific and work on them, that they will continue to be that. I think that's what I learned this year was like knowing what I was capable of and not to put a, not for you to be the one to tell yourself no. Let mm -hmm. them say no. Yeah. Let them say no, you can't do it or we don't want you to do it. But you being fearless and throwing your throwing your, throwing your hat into the ring. And being confident but not cocky that you know what you come to the table with. I know what I can provide here. I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses as far as it comes to what I like to do my art, my business. Right. Um, Don't censor yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Following in those impulses and trusting them. Uh, yeah, trusting, trusting oneself. Trusting yourself and your ability, what you are capable of. That what is you, a and big, what you bring into the room. Big lesson. It is. It is. It is. It is. I was... This year was awesome. I was thrust into the forefront of these two great shows that happened in New York City. And it felt like such a huge responsibility. And it, I felt like, you know, eyes were watching and peers were watching. And I just had to, I had to trust that I was given these responsibilities for a reason. And that I can, I can follow through on them. And that just because it's not easy doesn't mean that it's not not working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like a, a lifelong project. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you have to do it over and over again. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. not like you're getting a job and you're going to be there for the next yep. 10 years, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and you got over the hurdle of like, speaking up for yourself once mm -hmm. you have to do it every every couple days mm -hmm. that's a great one so I have a couple more questions that I usually end with but is there anything that I haven't touched on that you were really excited to talk about or something you've been working on that I I just don't know to ask you about oh I mean, I mean I'm about I just finished doing uh, Marvel's The Punisher you did? Yeah. I'm, I'm recurring <laughs> on season two. 
Nice. That's exciting. We were just doing that. That was my first time. Is it, I'm assuming it's a superhero show. I don't know anything it about is, it. No, no. It is, it is a superhero <laughs> show. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Nice. Superhero show. Um, but it's my first time, like, really, like, I had to, like, go to, like, gun school and, like, action and, like, <laughs> it's, like, fighting, gunfighting and stuff. Was it what up. you thought it would be like, or is it? Uh, uh, was it the first? Yeah. Yeah. The difference for me always between television and theater is that television or even movies is that your imagination becomes a reality it's like your imagination is actually 3d different there's not a lot of pretending that you have to do for the most part it wasn't like a green screen situation no. where you really had to use it <laughs> no no we're holding real guns and like oh you know God. when they fired they made real loud real gun sounds uh-huh. you know and uh yeah that was the cool part and like you know these squibs and things those squibs are the little mechanics that they put in certain things to let them blow up that was cool like you know <laughs> it's real <laughs> um so that was fun i'm about to do little rock it's a new play at the sheen center Ooh. it's about the little rock nine the nine students who integrated a central high school in arkansas i'm about to do that i'm really excited about that show you haven't started rehearsals yet? No, start on Monday. Yay. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I'll be doing that until September. Um, who's the playwright of that? Rahenja Ramun Maharaj. It's a beautiful name. It is. <laughs> he wrote it and he and he's directing it. Awesome. It's great. I'm excited about that. All right, well you have to let me know the details and I'll let I'll, let, I'll let everyone know Absolutely. that you can see it. So the last two questions, the first one is when you are having a time when you're kind of like losing that faith mm-hmm. or in the dark place, like are there any books that you reread or music you listen to or like concrete things that you you go to to try to shake yourself out of it? I wish I said that I read more, but I don't. Mm-hmm. But when I do read, it's a lot of uh, affirmations. I read a lot of affirmations, a lot of uh, spiritual affirmations. Um, for the last like two years, year and a half, like church has become a, a, a daily thing for me of every Sunday situation. And always hearing the word always helps me put things in perspective. Um, it must be nice too to be like in a big community of people mm-hmm. where. Yeah. No one cares about. Right, right, exactly. No one cares about any Theater, of that. No one cares about your career. Right, no any of that. Just yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To feed the heart, feed the soul, and like learn. Um, that's really what I do. That's really what I do because I, I, I consider myself maybe a private person. So that's why the isolation probably comes so quickly once I go to the, if I'm in a dark place. But affirmations affirmations church and faith like you know all of that combined like really like gets me together gets me together and then lastly is there anything you've seen recently of any art form that you want to recommend the last thing i saw was the lucky ones which i thought was incredible just the way that they all used their talents the acting and the singing and the dancing, the choreography by Sonia Taye, like, you know, who's also nominated for Lucero Lattel for that, actually. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I took my um, 
I have a Juilliard mentee who's in the dance program. I took her with me to see oh, it yeah. last night, and she she was pretty happy with the choreography. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's great. She's such a good storyteller through body. Uh, she choreographed at the last goodbye in a oh in California that day at the Old Globe. Yeah, um, that's what I would recommend. Even though it's probably it's I know it's I think this is the last weekend, but um, which would be after this comes out actually yeah but I hopefully you know might get another life at some point for sure for sure because a lot of people loved it yeah it's like one of those downtown gems I saw Winter Tale, Winter's Tale at a theater for the new audience that Met You was in uh huh I thought that was really good and Dion <laughs> um, I saw it but I think it was their very first preview that I saw okay, so I would okay. have been curious to see it later in the round too but Dion and Met You were Wonderful, as awesome. usual. As usual. I was just excited to see them up there, be able to play together. Yeah, I thought that was great. That's all I've seen so far. Or, or fairly recently. I know, I need to get out and see some more things. I do too. I <laughs> do too. It's been a busy I need couple to, of months. It has been, but yeah, I definitely need to see more. I need to see more art just in general. In general. Alright, Brittany. Thank um, you so much. This is such my pleasure, dude. Long overdue. Such my pleasure. for listening to the compass podcast if you find these conversations valuable to your life as an artist and would like to support the ongoing production of the compass please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash the compass podcast pledges start at as little as one dollar a month you'll get access to bonus content and anything you can give would be greatly appreciated also if you have a moment please rate or review in itunes every little bit helps other listeners to find the podcast I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller, music by Brandon Spieth, audio assistance from Nick Choksi, and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.